0: Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing, have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. Very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelinsky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zielinski. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the first episode in March 2015. Today is Monday, March the 2nd, and it's an honor to be broadcasting live on WWCR Big shout-out to all the listeners tuning in today. And over the weekend, I got quite a few emails about the podcast. The podcast is available. If you go to my website on the right-hand side there, it says Podomatic. Just click on that, follow me, and you can have all the access you want to all the archives. So do that. And as well, you can go to the show archives as well. Folks, today is a very special program. One of my favorite gals, she is from Texas, the Lone Star State, and she's proof. Don't with Texas. She is a wonderful deliverance minister, a powerful woman of God, and it is such a pleasure to introduce my new listeners to her, Miss Carla Butad. Carla, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure to have you on.
1: Thank you, Sheila. Thanks for having me.
0: One of the things I want to talk about today is that You know, a lot of things I notice with churches is they want to do a nice little flowery, I'll just pray for you, sister. You know, they might put their hands on the person and say, in Jesus' name, I just pray for healing. Is that really how Jesus Christ prayed? Is that really how we want to be praying for people is just, oh, you're sick, oh, you're dying. Oh, well, I'll pray for you. I mean, we don't really exercise a lot of authority in that process. Do you find that, Carla?
1: I do. And one thing... That really has struck me recently and even in my own healing of allergies that I had for years and years. When I confronted Jesus about wanting to be healed because I had read the account of the leper who went to Jesus and said, if you wanted to, you, you could make me clean. And Jesus said, I want to be thou cleansed. And he was cleansed immediately. And so my question was, Okay Lord, if you wanted to, you could heal me of this and I'm sick of being sick twice a year. That was a generational curse down my family line and I hated it. And what he said to me was, I've already done it. I'm waiting for you to receive it. And I was like, Well I don't know how. How do I how do I receive it? And he said, I heard by faith. And he said, Did I not say it is finished all of a sudden I understood because I used to hear preachers say that Jesus has done all he's going to do and I would think well where is my hope (laughs) you know but it's so true and one time at Lake Hamilton I was praying for a lady she had an infirmity and she said I have an infirmity and I want to ask Jesus to heal me and I started to say something and God just had me take her hands And move her about four feet in one direction. I said, you know what? Jesus really wants to take you from the place of asking over here where healing is. Your healing has already been done. So I find that a lot of times the reason we don't get an answer is because we're asking him to do something that he's already done. We just need to receive it and begin to appropriate it to the
0: infirmity one of the most fascinating things i find carla is he says he is the same yesterday today and forever and so if he healed back then and he said in fact he said to the man that he said stretch out your hand that had leprosy and you got to remember back then when luke accounts that that would have been a death sentence it would have been very advanced leprosy and jesus just said i will make you clean I will, be thou clean. And so for us today, what is the difference if he said he will back then, he will today? He's no respecter of persons.
1: That's right. But the only difference for the man who had leprosy in us is Jesus was still walking on the earth. And now Jesus is not still walking on the earth. He is at the right hand of God the Father. But he found it necessary to go there so that he could send the power of everything that he did to us. So that we could do the same things he did. So it remains the same that we go to Jesus. You know, sometimes I hear preachers say, Jesus doesn't, God doesn't need us. And I'm thinking, yes, he does. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are his mouth now. As he was sent, he sent us. And until we pick that up and begin to do it, we're not going to see the miracles like we should be seeing in the corporate body of Christ.
0: Well, why do you think in general, I mean, you've touched on a really good point, and we've got to look back at the New Testament church and the power and the authority and the fact these people were beaten and starving and, you know, oftentimes they were hungry, they went without food, they were were killed, Mm -hmm. but yet we live in a society nowadays, well, you know this for sure, you live in Texas, you're home to the big mega church there, and Mm -hmm. every day is a Friday, though five steps to a new you, five steps to a better you, an improved you with a Colgate smile. I mean, that is really deeply embedded to the church today. It's all about the prosperity. It's all about naming it and claiming it and blabbing it and grabbing it. And I don't see that in the the New Testament church. Those 12 turned the world upside down. They Mm -hmm. healed with authority. They delivered with authority. Jesus said go, therefore, and do what you've seen me do, essentially. He told them to go and heal, deliver, and preach the word. And yet, Mm -hmm. Pastor don't even want to talk about healing today, let alone talk about some of these ridiculous spirits that are visiting people. I mean, if people aren't ready now, Carla, look out when these things really start manifesting.
1: I know it. And what you said about the churches and the things that they're preaching nowadays, it really is a doctrine of demons. It's deception that has flooded into the church and people are drinking the Kool-Aid.
0: Do you think spirits, seducing spirits, are part of this that you see in the church today? Because Carla, when you step back and you're a spirit-filled Christian, you step back and you realize what is going on in the church with all this LGTB agenda we've had. Well, now there's a book called Gay and Christian. This isn't even just filth anymore. This isn't even just ubiquitous all-out blatant debauchery. This is a complete sci-fi. When you have pulpits talking about it's okay to get chipped, it's okay to be gay, it's okay to be transgendered. It's all kumbaya, Jesus loves mm-hmm. you, this I know.
1: I've yeah. books
0: called Being <laughs> Christian and Gay because homosexuality is just a lifestyle choice, Carla.
1: Mm, and they were born that way, so what can they do? See, it's a, these are all lies. The Bible clearly tells us, and I'm going to tell you, Matthew chapter 24, I'm doing a series on deception and the deception that is coming into the church. And all of these things that you're talking about are all seducing spirits to deceive people into an antichrist spirit. It's all antichrist. It's all antichrist. Everything that disputes the word of God is an antichrist spirit. How can anybody, if they knew the word of God that says it is an abomination, you can be healed from it. That's another lie. They tell people that you can't be healed from that. How can people know the word of God and then hear a statement like that and believe it? It's seducing spirit. It's tickling their ears. It's telling them what they want to hear. And it's all enveloped in this Greasy gray stuff where you got to love everybody no matter what. Yes, we are to love the sinner, but hate the sin, but not accept and bring it into the house of God. It's appalling to me. You know what? I'll tell you something. Another thing I thought about today was to talk about the fact of how many fornicating Christians we have. They're shacking up together and they come to church together like a married couple and see nothing wrong with it and that's the doctrine you're talking about where everything is okay
0: in the same sentence you mentioned seducing spirits and doctrines of devils because there is a distinction and first timothy 4 1 says now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing Mm -hmm. spirits and doctrines of devils he didn't say they're the same thing did he carla
1: no and here's what i found interesting Whenever I was studying that, God made it very clear to me they won't depart from the faith and then give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. It is the giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons that will cause people to fall away from the faith. There's a big difference there. In that deception teaching, I talk about the importance of knowing the Word of God. It says that the Word of God is alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword goes on, and then it says it is a discerner of men's thoughts, the intents of their heart, that kind of thing. So that's why we have so little discernment in Christianity is because people really don't know what the Word of God says. They're going to their churches and gobbling up whatever they're being fed, and those are the seducing spirits and doctrines of demons that they're getting heed to that will eventually lead them to fall away from the faith. That's what is happening in the world of Christianity today.
0: You look back even a century ago, you know there were very powerful people that were very much aware, they were very scripturally literate. And now I just find that there is a famine in the land for the word of the Lord, and people are very biblically illiterate. You just touched on it. And how convenient, Carla, because if you don't know the Bible and the power and the, the fact that it is the word of God you just talked about what the word is I mean this is the living word of the almighty living God and yet if people don't know how to recognize what that is, how are they ever going to recognize all the things that are going on in this world, the deception the seducing spirits, these spirits of Jezebel and Ahab, Incubus Succubus, I mean I get emails that people are getting physically manhandled. I was talking about it on the show with Steve Quell the other day, his book Little Creatures the Gates of Hell are opening one of the premises that he was talking about is the fact that all these fairy tales and all these you know nice little medieval and mythological creatures don't be fooled people this is all these doctrines of devils and these seducing spirits that make you think all these nice little creatures until they attack you and physically manhandle you people are just not going to be prepared for what's coming and if they're doing that now and they're not getting the fullness of the Word of God. What does that look like, Carla?
1: Disaster. That's what it looks like. And that that's what's headed in the churches. It's been several years ago when the founder of Lake Hamilton died. I went to his funeral. I was coming home. It was the year we had the really bad drought. It's been several years ago. Crazy windy, just crazy windy. And as I was driving along, it felt like it was going to flip my car. And then, as I got closer to where I lived, the trees are real close to the highway, I was looking out of my windshield and saying, "Lord, what in the world? Because the wind was blowing in so many different directions in one spot, how does that happen And as I was looking uh I guess I saw it in the spirit because i 'm sure i didn't see real demonic entities, but these huge demonic entities were flying to and fro in the atmosphere very fast. And it was the wake of them that was causing the wind to move the way that it was moving. I told my Bible study ladies, I said, let me tell you something. I believe that the kingdom of darkness is intensifying. There have been some big dogs loose and we're going to start seeing things we've never seen before. And then I heard not too long after that, that there was It was a big church. Somebody had gone into that church, stripped down naked. They were acting crazy. So the church called the police to have him taken away. I think the guy came up out of the congregation. And so, see, we're going to start seeing things like this. And because nobody knows what to do with these things, they're going to have them hauled off to the police station.
0: That is really sad that churches are not dealing with one of the things that healing and deliverance would be two-thirds of Jesus Christ's ministry. And I can't say it clear enough, people. He commissioned us. He commissioned the 12. He commissioned the 70. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It never stopped. There is no dispensationalism that applies to this here, is there, Carla?
1: No, no, there's not. It is written, and we're seeing it. You know, it really is exciting. I'm excited to be alive this day and time. But, you know, for those who are being led astray by the wolf in sheep's clothing and will go right off into the abyss into hell with these people that are leading people astray.
0: Well, it's very destructive. Now, speaking of very destructive, I guess this is two of the biggest spirits that I probably deal with in deliverance. And it is ahab and jezebel spirit give people a really good overview i'm just going to let you go on this one carla because this is really important spirit and i think people need to understand what we're dealing with because people hear jezebel and they just think oh it's that's some kind of controlling thing but but there's a lot more to it so get into ahab and jezebel spirits carla
1: okay i call them the two most destructive spirits because they both are an antichrist spirit ahab and relinquishes his authority that was God-given. And you can see this in in the relationship between Ahab and Jezebel in the Bible, but it goes beyond that. Ahab's spirit is very destructive in that it undermines authority. It will not take care of the responsibilities. That's why the woman usually steps in. The spirit of Jezebel always says this, Well, my husband wouldn't be the leader, so somebody had to do it. Every woman that has a Jezebel spirit, and I was one. I'm not being critical or finger-pointing, but that was the case. My home, my mother and daddy, my daddy was the spiritual head of the house. Our home was in order, so I understood authority. But when I got married, my husband didn't understand who he was in Christ. He didn't understand his authority. That Ahab spirit was there. So Jezebel had to take over because Ahab wouldn't. And it's destructive because it will undermine the family, which the church is made a family. So if it can destroy the family, it can destroy the church. It's in our nation. It holds true in corporations, in countries, wherever you see these ruler spirits at work. It is a perversion of the way God has things set up. Jesus speaks of this Jezebel spirit in Revelations chapter 2, and he says, I have somewhat against you because you have allowed that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to come in and teach my people to commit fornication and other things, and it's an antichrist spirit. This morning when I was thinking about that scripture, it even came to me because I was talking about the fornicating Christians. That's exactly what this is. It's a spirit of Jezebel that is an out-and-out Antichrist spirit. You see that in her character in First Kings. It talks about she was a Baal worshiper. She had the prophets of God murdered. The spirit of Jezebel wants to be in with the leadership. That's why she married the king of Israel. She wants to rule everything, even to the point of forgery, lying, She had Naboth killed when he was innocent. She got those guys to come in and lie against Naboth. She sent out letters using the king's seal. She's godless. And then Ahab, who relinquishes his authority, causes everything to go awry. Even when Elijah came and confronted Ahab. Now remember, it was because of what Ahab did... That caused the famine. That's when Elijah spoke about the famine. And then later, Ahab wants to blame Elijah for all the trouble. And and Elijah sets him straight right quick. No, (laughs) it's not me. It was your own doing that brought this on your country. So he won't take responsibility for his own actions. He has a problem with authority. He doesn't understand authority. Therefore, he can't exercise authority.
0: As you were talking, this really stood out in my mind, I, and and I wonder if there's a correlation to this. When we were young, even back in the '70s, '80s, people grew up on strong, masculine type men, you know, the John Wayne, the Clint Eastwood. But nowadays, all these little skinny jeans wearing soy latte mm-hmm. sipping guys are in these movies and they're all these little queer look. I'm just going to tell it like it is. There's a lot of very feminized mm-hmm. type of males now. And I mean, this must have something to do with that. Do you
1: see that? Absolutely. I mean, that's Jezebel's whole purpose is to castrate the man in his position. Right. See, that, that's happened in this country.
0: Strong manly men are a thing of the past, and now every TV lineup, every movie, you've got Five. these women running roughshod over the men. And this is not a anti-feminist show. No. You know, I'm talking about God gave men the headship of women as the head of the household and as the you know they have a position as God created it this is not about demeaning women husbands are to love their wives as Christ loves the church so there's definitely a responsibility for men but I have never seen the state of affairs Mm -hmm. where there was such a bunch of cowardly spineless Mm -hmm. men in all my life I grew up with a strong man my father still works today he's very manly Mm -hmm. He's a man's man. He's like a big Texan. And it is disgusting what I'm seeing out there for men.
1: It is disgusting. But see, that just goes to show you how well Satan's plan is being implemented and successful in this country.
0: Between Ahab's spirit and Jezebel's spirit and the seducing spirit and the doctrines of devils, that's a nice little package of destruction, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah, it is. And see, it it is written, you know, that these things would take place. That's why I know we're in the last of the last days. You know, when I said to God, well, the last days," Jesus was talking about it being the last days then. And and one day he told me, Carla, Genesis to Malachi, those were the first days. Matthew till the end, those are the last days. (laughs) That's why we can correctly call them the last days, because these are the last days. I thought to myself, you know, one, one prayer that I pray for myself is, Lord, guard my heart because it says that evil will wax more and more. And because of that evil, many hearts will wax cold. And I don't ever want my heart to wax cold. But you know, we are so accustomed. I'll never forget watching a TV program or the news or something. And there was a scrawl line that went across and it was reporting. This woman, this was probably five, seven so years ago, a woman who had been arrested for cutting the arms off of her child. And I'm, I'm on the phone with somebody and I'm reading that going across there. And later I thought to myself, I mean, that kind of news should be something you drop the telephone and are just so horrified at the news of that. But we are becoming so accustomed, yeah. such horrible Things that we just kind of skim over it.
0: We're totally desensitized, aren't we?
1: Yes, and that's his plan, is to have us all desensitized. And see, the familiar spirits are really at work here, too. And, and God has really begun to show me just how strong these familiar spirits are, because Jezebel is a ruler spirit. But around a person who has the Jezebel spirit will be familiar spirits of Jezebel. And around the man or the person who has the Ahab spirit will be familiar spirits of Ahab. And they're drawn to each other. And then we call it, say, oh, yes, opposites attract. (laughs) Well, no, familiar spirits attract each other. But see, Jezebel is looking for somebody she can dominate. So the familiar spirit of Jezebel, which is a domineering, controlling spirit, looks for a male who has that weak, effeminate, little boy kind of spirit that needs to be mothered and nurtured and all of that. And those familiar spirits draw each of those people, because of the ruler spirits, together.
0: Right. Ahab is always shown as this depressed, stupid, dumbed down. He's, you know, just willing to allow Jezebel to do everything, assume his own rightful authority. And that really leads to a lot of confusion, I think, for not only the man, women are being mm-hmm. men, and the man is not leading here, but also the children. It's resulting in a lot of role reversals and frustration and rebellion and even homosexuality in cases right. because there's such confusion.
1: And, and do you know, God showed me when I was doing a teaching on homosexuality, that confusion is the root to homosexuality. You take a young man who's standing in front of the mirror and he sees his body parts, but his head is telling him he's a woman. That's the height of confusion. And a woman who stands in front of the mirror, she has all the body parts of the woman. And yet in her brain, she's convinced she's a man. That is confusion to the max. And, yes, these role reversals have caused this. In, in fact, I was thinking about some of this this morning, the Jezebel spirit, you know, because of what it says in Revelations. And I was at one time a strong Jezebel, my husband a strong Ahab, and and my children are all in their 30s now. But I thought, you know, Lord, I need to ask my children to forgive me for Allowing that spirit, I just thought it was me. You know, a lot of the women in my family are just like they're strong and want to take the lead, and they're men. But that's a them. Texas
0: thing, isn't it? I'm just you know,
1: I don't. Uh, well, you know, to think about it, Texas is changing. The men may still wear the hat, but it's got fringe on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the men wear the pants. The women just tell them which pair to wear, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs>
1: we We would probably agree with that as Texas women
0: a thing people realize that Texans you know they stand up for their rights they're they're carrying guns they have, you carry
1: guns yeah. <laughs> we carry guns, sister,
0: <laughs> don't mess with these Texans. I'll tell you that you know there's a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful, incredible thing about when God created the man and woman, and you know I know years ago they used to say, well. God didn't create Adam and Steve. But nowadays, even in the church, it's so ubiquitously accepted that it's okay to be confused, Carly. It's okay to be transgendered. Can you believe that they are teaching people to embrace this yeah. sexless? establishment, I mean, a transgender meaning, you know, it's okay if you're not female, it's okay if you're a combination of male and female, I mean, forget those little universal symbols you saw in bathroom doors, the little man Bye. and the little woman it's hard to believe
1: it is hard to believe I mean, the other day there were, they were showing some new TV show that was coming on and I couldn't even figure out what they were talking about, I was confused I'm like, what? I can't even figure out some of this stuff that they're talking about. Crazy. Yeah, it's,
0: it's getting to the point where I think you just can only take so much. And what happens is you start, you mentioned the word earlier, the desensitization that's occurring. I mean, look at this movie, the 50 shades of what I call 50 shades of debauchery. The it fact is. that Christian women are... Go- now, here's the thing people have to understand. And I think this is so important, Carla, because a lot of times with Christian women or Christian men, for that matter, we're told, you know, don't beat yourself up over the fact that it's natural for you to have sexual relations. It's natural to alleviate yourself. Statistics show that certain chemicals are released. So you need to go and have some fun once in a while and go loosen up. You know, folks, this is not a... Carla and Sheila going to guilt you into not ha- not fornicating. This is you folks being aware. Um, you're opening yourself up to the worst soul ties, the mm-hmm. worst gates for spiritual... Really, you're giving the demons full authority to just go have at her. Really, aren't we?
1: It, yes, it is. And, and when you boil it down to its basis element, it's Antichrist. That spirit of Antichrist is flooding the earth. It really is. It, it is anything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. And, and there's like, like you're saying, it's okay to do this. It's okay. What are we doing? We're exalting that thing above everything that God says that we shouldn't. And that is antichrist. That is against what the word says. It's against what God says, against what Jesus says. It is an antichrist spirit. It will Cause you exactly what Satan did with Eve in the garden. God said, the day you eat of that, you shall surely die. And the serpent comes along and says, you shall not surely die. See, that is an out and out contradiction of what God said. And we are supposed to turn our backs to anything that is that blatant. And yet it's that blatant. And and people are just eating it up. I'm telling you, the thing that, that I feel is the most alarming thing right now is that, you know, there was a day that God shut the ark. Now, right now, we still have opportunity to come to the cross and be forgiven, be saved, and live with him eternally. But you know what? He is the one who gave us a clean garment. He cleaned us up and gave us a clean garment. And in Revelation, it says those who have kept their garments white and clean. And what I see is we get our clean garment and then we drag through all this mud and sludge. And yet we want to enter eternity with our, our filthy garment. It's All deception, it's all lies and the worst thing is telling yourself a lie and believing the lie. And this is this is what I see people doing when they say, It's okay, you know, I already sat my little granddaughter down who's nine and I showed her in the word what God says and I don't care what your teacher says, I don't care what the movies say, what the T V shows say, God said and you better line your thinking up with God. And like somebody was talking about when I said fornicating Christians, and they said, well, but la, 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 you know, their expressions and everything. I said, but do you know what? Listen, Christian means Christ-like. And how can we call ourselves Christians when we're the lie and that commercial that comes on TV about Las Vegas, you know, what, what happens here stays here. <laughs> That's the biggest lie. And yet people are believing it. Because they'll go off and they'll go on their cruises and they'll go on their vacations and do whatever they feel like doing and then go back into their life like it's never happened.
0: But, you know, Carlos, as you were talking, you said the word lying a minute ago and then you said it again. And there's one thing I think it's really important for uh, people to understand how God feels About lying, you know, I like how we have a society. It's well, it's nice. It's just little white lies, Carla, because it's not going to affect anybody. You know, lying is so widely received today, but God actually detests. Go look at Proverbs six sixteen. Two of the seven things that God hates refers to lying. Look at happened to Ananias and and Sapphira.
1: That's. But you know what, Sheila? I really believe that those are the days that we are fixing to enter into that those who have been lying to the holy ghost are going to start dropping dead
0: there was a pastor i just read about this week that dropped dead in front of his congregation after he came clean on uh having an adulterous relationship bang he just dropped dead right in front of his congregation and you're we really have to hold up a standard don't we i mean jesus christ really does set a standard we gotta understand we're in a war here not with carnal weapons And people don't understand their authority and their weapons of warfare, do they?
1: No, not at all. But you know what? Since God has shown me that, if I had to pick, if someone said, what do you feel God's call on your life is for this time? Mine would be to equip the body of Christ for warfare. Because they really do not understand, first of all, that there is a war. You know, I, it's like I asked my brother one day, because, you know, I was talking about this fella that is Baptist to the core and, and doesn't believe that all these things that I'm trying to share with my brother have any, any credibility. I asked him, if we did not have to be concerned with the devil, then why did Jesus Give us power over all his power. He gave us power over all of his power. And yet Christians are being whipped up one side and down the other. And they think it's God.
0: Look at I mean, Matthew eleven twelve. the violent take it by force. I mean, 1 John 4, 4 tells us that the greater one lives in us. So there's obviously right. a reason that they allude to that.
1: That's right. Do you know what that word violent means? That, that's, that's a scripture that I use very, very often. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. That means trouble and pressure and the violent. That means the vitally active, energetic and forceful that should describe the church. Vitally active, energetic and forceful take it by force. And that word meant force means you go after it and you don't stop until you obtain it. And I love that because that is what the church see. It's talking about the kingdom of heaven. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Why just since the days of John the Baptist? Because he's the one coming and proclaiming the coming of the Christ. That's when the, the war really began, was right there. In the Old Testament, God dealt with the enemy. And now in the New Testament, he's given us the power to deal with the enemy. And that's why the enemy is so running rampant, because those who have been given power over him don't even know it and don't use it. So he's just running rampant.
0: And it's sad that Satan knows he's defeated more than most Christians.
1: <laughs> exactly. That That is so true. My husband always tells me this, honey, you have to be really careful. I said, I know, I know. I to rein myself in sometime because he said sometimes people may see your confidence as arrogance. Oh, well, who do you think you are? Well, I know who I am. I know who I am in Christ. God has shown me, but he has shown all of us in his word who we are in him.
0: Because it's not about us. It's about who we are in Christ, the fullness oh. of Christ in us manifesting mm-hmm. through us because we're filthy rags.
1: I came into that understanding one time when I looked at my son, who was in full-blown rebellion and just living so sinfully, I understood that filthy rag thing. That's how I saw him. Oh, just filthy.
0: Well, and you know, people, speaking of their children being in rebellion, I know there's lots of people listening out there that their kids have gone wayward, they've backslidden, they've fallen away. But the thing is, Carla, we need to be in powerful warfare prayer for our children. We need to be on our knees. We need to be in our prayer closet. We need to be Mm -hmm. anguishing over our children, too, because we have the power and authority to powerfully call those kids back into the kingdom, too. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, God told me uh, I think about a year ago, February, to start binding the strong man over my children's lives. Amen. And so I do daily because I know that, you know because of the work that God's called me to do, and and believe me, the fight has been fierce on me, on my marriage, on our finances, and then on our children. And and that's what God told me. Let me tell you what's going on. I've given you a work to do, and Satan's tried every which way to get you to shut up and stop. And he hasn't been able to, so he's moved into your children, because that's where your heartstrings are. You know, he has shown me I have the promises of God, and so I stand on those promises. And, and one of the things that I find, too, is that, you know, God had to teach me how to live by faith. And he showed me what that meant and how to do it. Satan is all about uh, distracting you with circumstances and stuff, you know, just junk. And one of the strong messages that God's been giving me lately, too, is to beware distractions. Satan wants to distract you from what you really need to be focused on so that he can come up behind you and take you out.
0: Well, and I think that's where it's so important, Carla, for people to be in the word and in mm. praise and in worship and, you know, oil levels. I was, you know, years ago, we used to be able to pull into a gas station and go, oh, fill her up. Well, we need to be filled up, don't we? We need to make sure, sure. our oil cages are all topped up.
1: These are the days of the, the virgins, the wise virgins and the unwise virgins. The ones who kept their wick trimmed and their oil full. But you know what? Let me tell you. I, I looked at that one time. Uh, you know, the, there were some that didn't have and they didn't keep their oil. So they wanted part of the other p- virgin's oil. There would have been a day that I would have given half my oil to one of them because I knew it was the Christian thing to do. <laughs> you got to keep your own oil. <laughs> yeah, you <do. laughs>
0: well, you said Satan's all about deception. He's, But he's all about breaking up the family too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because nowadays I get emails all the time and, and husbands and wives are just absolutely, that's where Satan really will put pressure on in mm-hmm. the marriage, in that institution. And mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting. You yourself had a marriage resurrected.
1: I did. I mean, well, and, and that was the Jezebel Ahab thing. That's why the marriage died, you know, because I was a very traditional person. I wanted the traditional thing. But then when, when Jezebel came in and took over, uh, and I just thought it was because I had a strong personality, you know, but it was really demonic. And until those things were dealt with, our home was out of order, upside down and just a wrecking field.
0: This is about a very strong, destructive spirit that comes in. And it is very destructive because mm-hmm. essentially, roles. God is a God of order. God is a God of ordaining mm-hmm. things that are made for a purpose. This is not about, oh, making women feel bad because they are right. arguing with their husbands, is it?
1: Right. No. No. Not at all. But, you know, even though our marriage was dead, God resurrected it and i mean we fell in love all over again it was better than the first time and we've fallen in love all over again even since then i mean it's it's just amazing but see god instituted the family first that's one reason satan wants to destroy the family so bad because he knows he can't have one the family is what the church is made of So if he can destroy the family, then he can destroy the church.
0: I think this is really interesting. You, God actually told you to greet your husband when he came home from work like you would greet God himself. Tell us about that.
1: Oh, my goodness. What a stretch that was. (laughs) I mean, at the time, our marriage was, we lived in the same house together. We didn't speak. We didn't sleep together. I didn't wash his clothes. I mean, I had just totally vacated the marriage, being right there in the house with him. And, I, of course, I was also in a deep depression, and he didn't know what to do with me. And I had resented him and resented marrying him, and it was just a terrible mess. Well, when when I was healed of depression, I was different, but a lot of the things in the house were not different. And so I, I told God, you know, Marriage was your idea, and and mine is broken. I I can't fix it. So if this is going to work, then, Lord, you're going to have to show me how to do it because I don't know how. And at the time, that spirit of Jezebel and the spirit of Ahab both had done such destruction in our marriage that I wasn't even sure that it could ever be put back together. So God... Step-by-step began to tell me, first thing he did, because I had gotten into a lot of bad habits of not dressing, not fixing my hair, not putting on my, I mean, I just looked like a rag. And so God said, get up and go take a shower. Well, I did that, and while I was in there, he said, fix your hair. Put some makeup on, look for him like you did when you were after him. So I did that, and then I'm waiting for him to come home, and he said, now, when you hear his truck pull into the driveway, I want you to greet him the way you would greet me if I came to see you. And I was like, oh, dear God, <laughs> how is that going to happen? Well, I knew that if it was going to work, I had to do what he told me to do. So when my husband, when I opened the door, I said, hi, honey, met him with a smile, looking good. You know, <laughs> I had forgotten how good I could look, you know, when I fixed myself up. So he opens the door and steps in the house, but he walked backwards because I really think he thought, she's going to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) And I had fixed a pot of coffee. I said, let's sit down in the kitchen. And, you know, I was treating him like I would have treated Jesus if he would have come. And that was the beginning of the turnaround. It was just really amazing. And this is, I know that divorce is, is not the unforgivable sin. I don't I don't condemn anybody. Both of my brothers before me had gotten divorced. I really didn't want to be the third and last divorce in our family. My mother and daddy had a great marriage and it was heartbreaking to them to see their children in these situations. And that was part of the reason why too I didn't want to get a divorce, but I also loved Mike, I just didn't know how to love him. Well,
0: it's interesting. You said you said to God, I don't know what to do with this. I mean, Psalm 127 says without God, there are no answers because we'll look to marriage Mm -hmm. counseling. We'll look to Dr. Phil. We'll look Mm -hmm. to anything, but we really need to get prostrate, get on our knees with God. Now today, folks, if you have a marriage issue, it could be marriage breaking spirits that we're going to deal with at the end Mm -hmm. when Carla get you to pray for deal with some of this Ahab stuff with people and the Jezebel, but you're supposed to make your requests known to God. He didn't just throw that in there. It'll just allow God to come in and do things the right way. Because without God, Carla, without that threefold cord, marriage is nothing, is it?
1: This is the way I view marriage now. And this is one thing about being unequally yoked. To me, a true marriage is God in the man joining with God in the woman but if you both have God because I say you know when I talk about divorce adultery is one of the sins unto death and when I talked about that when I taught it recently I make sure that they know that first of all Jesus said that in the beginning it was not so but the the writ of divorcement was given to Moses for the hardness of your heart I know that if both parties I don't care how bad the marriage is, because mine was bad. If both parties would bow their knee to Almighty God and ask him to fix it, it's fixable. But what we do is we harden our hearts. Not going to happen. So the divorce takes place. And then the Bible says that if they both go and marry another, both of those people commit adultery. Right. And adultery is one of the sins unto death. And, you know, there's so much of it in the church that we just kind of, yeah, okay, they, they're they divorced now. And now they're remarried. They come into the church and, you know, they have their blended families and everything. And, and that's just that we, we come to accept it as the norm. But God still views those things the same way. Just because society makes it okay doesn't mean that spiritually there's not some consequences happening in our lives as a result of that. I'm not condemning anybody it's not the unforgivable sin but we do need to deal with these things issue by issue and then break those curses and break the death sentence because it says the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death that's serious Yes, it is. How do we know that an illness, a deadly illness, is not because of that? Or everything they try to do doesn't, it dies, there's no life in it because of of the death sentence.
0: Carla's going to lead us into a deliverance prayer, and I think it's very important for anybody that suspects there's marriage-breaking spirits or Ahab, Jezebel, the, the seducing spirits, These ones we've talked about. It's so important, people, to understand what you're dealing with here. This is demonic affliction. It is not personality quirks. This is not, you know, I just feel depressed. I a lot of these people have to understand Carla and this is where I think the world of psychology is so frustrating because as a person who I'm four courses away from a doctorate, a full-blown doctorate degree in psychology and for years and years I was in a practice that I absolutely hated, you know, well it must be borderline personality. It's giving people labels and when I really understood what all this is, there was nothing else to do but deliverance because you can only lead people so far. You can understand narcissism through the scope of the lens of this word psychology. But the bottom line is, it's, to me, it is demonic affliction. And it is that simple because I say, you don't believe in deliverance? Spend 15 minutes on a deliverance call with me.
1: Right. Well, the Bible says it perfectly. And this is one that's been ringing in my ear over and over. We wrestle not with flesh and blood.
0: Carla, lead our listeners into a a prayer because I know a lot of people are dealing with these seducing spirits, Ahab spirits, Jezebel spirits, marriage-breaking spirits. Let's lead the people into a prayer now, shall we?
1: Okay, well, Father, right now we just come before you, and we thank you, Father, that you've given us power over all the power of the enemy. We thank you that you've given us permission and you shed every drop of your blood that we could deal with these demonic things that are giving us problems in our lives. So right now we I take my place and seated at the right hand with you over these spirits, and I just break every generationally inherited curse of Jezebel, that came down through the family line. I break it off every man and every woman who has this spirit working in their life. I break it, and I, I bind and break the power of it, and I command it to leave God's people right now in the name of Jesus. You Jezebel spirit, get out. You Antichrist spirit, get out. I commend every generationally inherited curse of religious spirits that came down through the mother's bloodline to go right now in the name of Jesus. All you religious spirits, antichrist spirits, spirits of murder, critical spirits, controlling spirits, lying spirits, manipulative spirits, you go in the name of Jesus Christ. And I commend every generationally inherited spirit of Ahab that came down through your mother's bloodline. I bind it and break its power, and I command it to leave God's people now. You Ahab spirit in every woman, in every man of God, you go in the name of Jesus that undermines the authority of God. Antichrist spirits in the spirit of Ahab, you go in the name of Jesus. Irresponsibility, lack of understanding your authority, lack of standing in the authority that God has given you. I break all those spirits right now in the name of Jesus. I command you to leave God's men, leave God's women right now that won't stand up, that won't do what they're supposed to do, that won't take their God given place in the name of Jesus. I break your power in the name of Jesus Christ and I command you to go now in Jesus' name. All the generosity inherited curses that came down Through your father's bloodline of Jezebel and Ahab, you go in the name of Jesus. Get out of God's people that undermine marriages, undermine the church, undermine authority, destroy the family, marriage-breaking spirits, the spirit of divorce. You go in the name of Jesus Christ. All the spirits of man-hating spirits, you go in Jesus' name. Those man-hating spirits in Jezebel that wants to castrate the man, I break your power and command you to go in Jesus' name. And all of the spirits of Ahab that allow Jezebel to stand up and to castrate, I break your power and command you to go. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command them to get out of pastors in the name of Jesus Christ and out of pastors' wives in the name of Jesus Christ and out of families in the churches. Go in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I come against all the familiar spirits, familiar spirits of Ahab, familiar spirits of Jezebel that, that are working in God's people, I give you leave right now. I command all of the familiar spirits that have followed you down your mother's bloodline. I give you leave right now in the name of Jesus. The familiar spirits that have followed you down your father's bloodline, I I give you leave now. I command you to go in the name of Jesus Christ. And I call the angels of God around God's people that they will have no evil penetrating their space and causing the wrong types of spirits to be drawn to them. I thank you, Father, that we can deal with these familiar spirits in Jesus' name. Now I come against all seducing spirits at work in God's people, the lying spirits, spirits of deception, doctrines of demons, spirits that want to draw them away from the truth, antichrist spirits. You go in the name of Jesus seducing spirit that work in television shows and the entertainment world and gambling and all the spirits that would seduce them and pull them away from the truth of God's word. I bind the lying spirits that are coming in and drawing God's people away from him and his word. Lord, I loose the, the spirit of truth upon God's people. I loose the spirit of God so that they can hunger and thirst after your word. Lord, I ask you to open their eyes that they can see. Lord, I ask you even to open their eyes as you opened Elijah's servant, where he could see those mighty uh, angels that were helping them in the battle, but that you would begin to open God's people's eyes to see the spirits that are attached to these seducing spirits, that they will see what it really is for what it is, and to be able to turn away from it and hear and cling to God and the things that are right. Lord, I just pray for your people. Oh, God, wake them up. I pray that they can leave these places that are feeding them lies. Lord, I ask you to send true shepherds to to nurture the sheep and help us, Lord. Help us to Stand up for what is right. Give us boldness and courage, Lord. I ask you to give us the spirit of a warrior that we can fight against these things and, and even fight for our brothers and sisters who are, who are being led astray by these things, God, that we can have a healthy church, a body of Christ that makes a difference in the world and can bring more people to you before it's too late, Lord. I just praise your name. I just thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood that not only saves us, but delivers us and sets us free and heals us, Lord, that we might truly be ready when you come, that we can rule and reign with you in Jesus' name
0: amen amen Carla thank you for that prayer and thank you for coming on today that was such a powerful talk and I really want to invite you to come back soon I remember the first time I listened to Carla folks I was just listening to a broadcast to uh, somebody recommended her and I got deliverance right on the radio and I said oh this gal is the real deal and Carla thank you so much for what you do you are such an amazing beautiful humble powerful warrioress of God and, and God bless you
1: Thank you, Sheila. It's, a, it's my privilege. Uh, you know what? I used to fight as a Jezebel, but it's so much better to fight as <laughs> in this position. As
0: a woman of God. <laughs> Folks, Carla's info is linked there at weekendvigilante.com. And Carla, thank you again for that incredible teaching and folks download this podcast and get this sent out to people because this is a very powerful teaching and we just appreciate you coming on today and your time today Carla God bless you thanks for coming on God
1: bless you thank you
0: folks that was Miss Carla Boutard she is a powerful deliverance minister her information is linked there at com. folks I want to remind you to sign up for the free e-newsletter in fact, the March 5th newsletter is coming out very soon. Again, you just go to weekendvigilante.com, sign up. It is free, and that way you can be up on all the latest. Folks, thank you very much for tuning into the program today. We've got an exciting lineup for the rest of the week, and I appreciate your active listening, and I just want to say God bless you all, and thanks for tuning in tonight. The Sheila Zielinski Show is sponsored by stevequayle.com, offering a wide variety of products, links, Headlines and information for the end times. Order Steve's new book, Little Creatures, by visiting stevequail.com. Dare to discover,
1: learn, prepare, and be amazed.